Hey ladies, and welcome to episode 22. I wanted to share with you a comment from the AZ Biblical Marriage Facebook group that really made my day, um, just because it kind of points to how this work gets underneath so much that gets kind of taken for granted in a lot of um, women's ministry. So uh, my friend said, Lucy Martin, something you said once really hit me. You were telling me that you have two teens and three littles, and I said, that sounds really hard. And you responded with, I don't experience it as hard. I thought, wow, what a mindset that really stuck with me. It reminds me of something that my grandmother always taught me, which is that I can choose to be happy. It's a choice. Kind of like in the Bible where we are told to choose life. My dad taught me that love is also a choice. Now I know that respecting my husband is also something that I can choose even when I may not feel like he deserves it. I can choose. It's so freeing. So I wanted to share this with you because I often, um, when I'm kind of sitting in on other women's ministry, see a like, you know, there's definitely a lot of empathy, um, but not necessarily a lot of emphasis on the fact that um, it's completely a choice to, for example, um, let your husband impact your emotions. Um, and that it is entirely possible with God's help to renew your mind to where that no longer happens to you. Um, so, and, and I do believe that that is um, God's will for us where he says, as far as it is possible, he says in Romans, um, live at peace with others. And also, you know, so many times points us to choosing gratitude. He never points us toward choosing complaining. And yet complaining is um, very, in, in fact, very emphatically, right, points us away from complaining all throughout, you know, the journey of the Israelites. And um, yet I find that complaining is um, accepted as normal in women's ministry. And I, um, that's something that I would really like to revive and renew and change. And it's certainly complaining doesn't, um, get left as complaining in my ministry. It gets transformed. And, um, I am really in love with the work that God is doing in that regard through my ministry. So I just want to invite you in. Um, there's a lot of ways that you can get involved. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day. I actually have a free group coaching call happening tomorrow. So reach out to me for details on that. If you're listening to this afterward, just reach out to me anyway. I'd be happy to point you in the right direction for your next step. I always love connecting with you and getting a chance to get to know you and hearing your feedback. And I absolutely just adore um, serving you in whatever capacity I possibly can. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. I cannot wait for you to hear this interview. Um, if I, I just absolutely adore this interview so, so much. So I cannot wait for you to hear it. 
you're a born-again Christian wife and you want to experience joy and abundant life while being a respectful wife, this is your show. My name is Lucy Martin and I'm a licensed therapist in the state of Maine and I'm also a certified relationship coach. I have the marriage of my dreams and I want that for you too. This is the show that's going to help you get there no matter how far gone things are right now. This is about inspiration and how magnetic biblical womanhood can really be. And it's also full of tons of super practical action steps you can take today. So let's dive in and see what God has for us. So my client, Ashley, has graciously agreed to talk with us under a pseudonym. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear her story just of how She's transformed her orientation towards kind of her husband's struggles. So I'll let I'll let her tell you what that means. And I'm just really excited um, to be with you today and have this Thank conversation you. with you. Thank you so much, Lucy. It's an honor to be here. Thank you uh, for inviting me. Yeah, well, I feel like a lot of women are going to benefit from this story because um, you've been, you know, you've been dealing with a lot of things for a long time and have tried a lot of different things to help. So um, why don't you kind of take us back to like, when did things sort of start to feel hard in your marriage? Yeah, so um, we actually had some hiccups before we got married. Um, we had just kind of on again, off again relationship. Um, and my husband at the time, um, was very, he's very romantic. Um, and he pursued me in a lot. (laughs) So I just remember thinking like, I love this man and I don't think he'll ever stop chasing me in, in like a beautiful way. Like I, when I get married, I want it to be forever. And I know that that's, um, where he is with it all too. So, um, despite the like hiccups that we had, we, we ended up getting married. Um, and then pretty quickly, like within the first three weeks of our marriage, I learned that he, um, was struggling with an addiction, um, which was a lot more than I, I thought I knew that he liked to party and that he liked to drink. Um, but I did not know that he was struggling with, um, some harder drugs. Um, and I learned that pretty quickly. Um, so that was heart-wrenching and heartbreaking and thus began my journey to control and, fix him. And, um, it was, it's been a long and hard 15 years. (laughs) Um, we've had, we just have a cycle, you know, as most, um, difficult, I guess, toxic relationships do. Um, and so it would be really good and then it would get really bad and then it would get really good. And so, um, we do have three wonderful children together. Um, and he has always been a a really great father to them um and always seemed to be able to clean things up in in the last hour um in terms of me like i just can't do this anymore and i i need this to change and that to change and he 
could always do what I needed um, long enough to keep me, you know, in a place where when it got bad again, I had, you know, I had enough fuel to kind of keep going. He filled my cup, um, you know. So anyway, needless to say, it was, it's been quite the roller coaster. Yeah, that sounds super exhausting. Yeah, it's draining, I guess, in a way that I, I didn't even really recognize how draining it was. Um, after, you know, I, I, um, have had different chapters and seasons of life. Um, and after, you know, the fourth or fifth year of saying I'm in a hard season, it just kind of was like, all right, something really needs to be different. Cause I can't just go on excusing, um, me not thriving, uh, because it's a hard season, like the, the season's not changing and I am not thriving and I'm not doing well. And so something, something really has to be different. So, yeah. Yeah. So what does that mean? Like, what, what do you mean by you weren't thriving? Sure. So, <clears throat> sorry, me not thriving kind of looked like, um, I wasn't, I didn't have the capacity to be a very good friend, uh, to my amazing friends. Um, I was struggling with postpartum depression. I think there was probably a, a good four to five years there between my, my two older children, um, not between, but throughout that time that I was in a season of postpartum depression. So I was angry and, um, irritable and anxiety ridden constantly, constantly. Um, good days were few and far between. I was running a business, but that wasn't thriving because I would have days where I didn't have the energy to do the work I needed to do. And I would miss deadlines. Um, I would have disappointed clients. Um, yeah. So it just kind of was like, you know, this, this isn't what life is supposed to be, you know? Um, it's not supposed to, I don't know, maybe I think sometimes we say like, it's not supposed to be this hard. <laughs> um, but there were definitely days when I just thought this, this isn't okay. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So did you kind of come to a point where you're like something like that you were just like, this is it, something has to change. I came to that point a lot, <laughs> a lot over the years. We actually were separated three different times. Uh, we, the first time I just kind of knew like, this is nothing to do with me and um, you have an issue and, and I hope that you'll get help with it. Um, and he made some big changes and I said, thank you. That's awesome. Let's move on with our lives. <laughs> um, and so that didn't last very long. Um, and then a few years passed and I again said, I can't keep doing this. I'm going crazy. I am going, I need another, I need to be separated again. Um, but this time I really need something to change. And so um, that didn't, that was actually the first time I kind of came to a crossroads of like, you know what, things might not change. Am I willing to, you know, end our, like tear our family apart over this? And so that was probably the first time that I thought, what can I do? Is there something more that I can do so that I can stay sane and, and we can keep our family together? Um, because my husband 
loves me very much. He loved me very much. Um, you know, and so that, that was easy to say, like, well, I know that I'm safe. I know that I'm, um, you know, he was never abusive or it, it just was this lack of, well, a lot of fear on my part and a, a huge lack of intimacy between my trying to control him and him, um, me feeling like I wasn't safe around him. So, um, that was another season that, um, we ended up reuniting because, um, I, he kind of just said, I, I don't think it's going to change. Uh, and so you decide what you're going to do. And at that moment up against the wall, I, I want my family. I want my kids to have their dad. I want to just enjoy life with you. Like, how do we do this? And so, um, then COVID happened and that, I feel like COVID just kind of amped up all the hard things for all the people. Um, and that was a season where I didn't have my normal support system to kind of help me on the hard days because everybody was, was needing a support system and couldn't be there for each other. So, um, in 2021, we ended up having a, a real long-term physical separation during which the time my husband, um, did find sobriety and made some major changes in his life. Um, and so we, he had been sober for six months and we decided, I decided let's, okay, let's do this. Let's move forward in our life. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm so excited. And, um, it really didn't take long for me to realize that there's still so, so much more work to be done after one finds sobriety. And unfortunately he wasn't able to hold on to it. So that is kind of where I've been, uh, with, you know, like here we are again. And, um, a lot of things did change from that separation. Um, but we still have many, many challenges. One of which is his, um, his inability to stay sober. So did I hit a wall where things had to change? Yes. Many times. <laughs> um, and I really, every time I thought I'm out of options, I've tried everything. There's nothing more to try. And then around the corner, the Lord would say here, I'd like you to do this now here, do this now, you know, and, um, that just would give me enough hope and enough uh, energy to try again. And so uh, this time with finding the skills has been um, absolutely transformative more than any other big change or big effort, you know, no retreat or therapy or um, all the things I tried, the the personal counseling and the coaching and everything. Um, this has been the most transformative and long-term difference that I've seen or experienced. Wow. And that's, you're saying like, that's true, even though he is still a wild card in your life. Yes. Un unpredictable and, um, or maybe it is predictable by now. <laughs> yeah. More on that. <laughs> yeah. More like that. It is. Yeah. It is predictable, um, I think, and I don't know, I think I just kind of got to a place of like, can I'm, I'm just desperate to find peace in my own heart and to bring peace to my home because um, I just don't know that divorce is really going to bring that. Um, and so if, if divorce isn't going to promise me that, then why go through all that? Um, is there something else I can try to bring peace now, despite all that's still happening and 
that has just been the skills and the coaching with you. And um, yeah, it's been in kind of insane, <laughs> really, in a good way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has been amazing to watch. Like, and I'll say, you know, not everybody gets this out of the skills, especially if they have so much evidence that, I mean, you have ample evidence that your husband is the one who needs to change. Um, so I think you're really a good example of what can happen when someone gets a hold of the skills and really gets that they are about your own piece. Like not, I know that that hasn't, you know, it's a struggle. Um, and yet I really see like that in your story so much, like that you really do get that that is what it's about. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think over the years, I've just heard so many people say like, oh, my marriage was hard too. And then I just really had to look at myself. And I just remember, <laughs> man, like it, when you have someone who struggles with addiction, it it's almost like none of that advice is for you. You know, like you're kind yeah. of on your own. You, you, this doesn't really count. I mean, books after books will say, here's what you should do to better your marriage. Unless you have someone who's struggling with addiction. Yeah. Um, and it just leaves me, it leaves you and just, it's hard. It's hard to have hope um, when, when that's what you're finding around every corner. And so, um, or, you know, people saying it's you that needs to change. And so just the approach of the skills as this, like, you have the power to change things and, but it's not coming at me as like, well, you need to change. You know, it's more like here, you have this power. Let me show you how to use it. Mm -hmm. um, and this, that approach was a lot easier for me to hear, I think. Yeah, it's, I know those differences can be subtle. And like, it's also interesting that when you said that, like actually the surrendered wife does see that, but then yes. redacted that, um, which is awesome. And the reason that she redacted it just for everyone who's like maybe people have read the surrendered wife and don't know that she redacted that is the reason that she did is because she had so many people use the skills and get the marriage of their dreams just be like well I'm gonna do it anyway <laughs> and get amazing results right and so right. that's why she redacted it yes yeah, and really I, just that the heart of this work is that like it's to get it's like to get what you want like on your own terms like because you want it and not because anybody else is telling you like you should stay married um, right you know like I know that in our sessions like whenever you've been like let's pick up the question of whether I should stay married to this guy I'm like sure let's pick it up like yeah well and I I have I have a lot of evidence my support system will remind me often that I have evidence like really I sometimes feel like I'm the only one advocating you know I mean I think they all I think my support system wants to advocate for what I want but I think a lot of them it's easy for them to hold in their hearts like you know, if you're ready to go, like we're more than ready to support you in that. Um, and I think, you know, you were one of the first people to say to me, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, it, we can, 
you can change how it is. And it doesn't have to be that if that's not what you want it to be. Um, and that was just this, like a soothing balm on my heart <laughs> to have someone say that to me. So thank you. Yeah. Well, it's been so awesome to see you like keep going into the hard things, like for the good reasons, like because of your vision for your family. And it's, it gives me so much meaning because I like, I really, um, like, I'm just remembering when I actually inter, you know, was on Laura Doyle's podcast after she stopped the recording, we just chatted for a while. And, um, I was just telling her like, you know, how, how I really believe that the skills would have saved my marriage if I had found them before I got divorced. And, and there was just something about having that conversation with her that was just so moving. And she actually apologized to me because during that time period, she wasn't, um, she was just kind of like, oh, I wrote this book and she wasn't really, um, she didn't have like a coaching or she wasn't really putting herself out there the way, um, that she is now. And so, um, I, anyways, I was really convicted during that conversation that the best way for me to like make meaning from my divorce, um, and from everything that my, my teenagers have gone through, um, was to become a coach. And like that conversation was before I became a coach. Um, and I just feel like just the fact that I know that divorce doesn't like solve all this stuff that you think it's going to solve before you get divorced. <laughs> like, I really know that because I've, you know, because I live it every day. Um, it, I feel like there is a lot of meaning um, from that, like that I've experienced in coaching and like in specifically being your coach. Oh. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's, it is, I I am actually so grateful you've walked the road you've walked because you enthusiastically are, you know, it's not even with a hesitancy, like, no, that you're right. Like being divorced brings its own new hard. Um, and, and there's no way to predict what that will look like, uh, for your children. And, so, um, that's just been, I guess, when you have been married this long and you've invested so much and, and knowing that my children are safe and loved in our current environment, even if nothing changes, um, that just is enough evidence for me to have a desire to keep, keep fighting for our marriage. So, yeah, which is so inspiring. Yeah. Thank it's, you. Yeah. Yeah. It's super, it's so powerful. So let's talk more about like how the skills have actually helped you in the nitty gritty. Like when did you start to feel like they were helping? Sure. Yeah. So, um, probably, you know, I, what you bring alongside the skills, um, I think is worth, kind of mentioning just the biblical aspect um, brings a different level of conviction, I think, which is, can be pretty powerful. And so I think uh, probably right off the bat, when I, you know, came to you as 
just, can you even believe that this has been my life and this is the man that I'm dealing with? And I just, I'm so fed up and I'm so over it, but I, I don't want to give up, you know? Um, and then it, I think within just a couple of weeks, I kind of had this transformative realization of how much power I've had these past years, this decade and a half and how I have not used it to glorify anything. <laughs> um, and so I think that that was like off right off the bat, it just was this humbling realization of, um, wow, I really have had an impact here and I can change what my impact is. And you've been such, um, such an encouragement in that you've said like, you know, you can change this today. It can be different today, even this one small step. And so I think, um, just, realizing my role and, and having, having that humbleness kind of flood my heart, um, gave me the encouragement to keep going with the other skills. Uh, but that, I think that just that initial apology letter, um, even as I started writing it, I, I was like, yeah, I'm just saying this cause I'm supposed to say it, but um, the more that I added to the letter and the more that I reread it, the more my heart just completely changed. Um, and I ended up reading it out loud to my husband and I had read it multiple times and cried each time I'd read it to myself. But when I was reading it to him, I was not crying. <laughs> I said, I don't know why I'm not crying. I've cried every time I read this, like the last five times <laughs> and he laughed, <laughs> but it was like a good way to kind of ease the, um, it was a little awkward, you know, when you're not used to apologizing and holding that space, um, bringing that all of a sudden to him was kind of like, whoa, but it was impactful and helpful and was a really good, um, I don't know, like kickoff to the change that would follow. Wow. That's so amazing that you would, that you would do that and just what it did to your heart is so it's so beautiful to hear you talk about that like just <clears throat> the way I, I really feel like there's kind of a different like people talk about the sanctification of marriage like the sanctification that marriage provides in this like very broad terms a lot of the time I don't know maybe there are people that are talking about it in more specific terms <laughs> that I'm, that I'm not, that I should be paying more attention to or something, but I just find that like, I, I see the sanctification that marriage provides, like in, in your story, like it, just that humility and, um, it's, and the accountability. Yeah. And the forgiveness, like I just, yes. I had no clue that my lack of like it just the resentment and the bitterness that I had built up. I just had no concept of that being a sin and infiltrating every person in my family <laughs> because I chose to stay in that sin for so long. Um, and so being able to recognize that for what it was and, and asking the Lord, you know, to forgive me and, and change my heart. I mean, he was, he was quick to answer that prayer. Um, so yeah, it was pretty powerful. Um, and definitely a great kickoff to trusting the rest of the skills. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. 
Yeah, I love that you bring up the like Hebrews 12 15. Um, they that I love how it says the bitterness corrupts many. Look after each other so that none of you fall fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. And like what that's referring to is that if we do let bitterness take root in our heart, like however justified, it it spills out just like, you know, that coffee spilling metaphor kind of thing. Like it spills out on our kids and um, yeah. everywhere. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think, I think that that's been such a big part of um, the transformation is just how the skills have brought peace to our home. Um, because that, that was my goal, right? Like, even if I don't ever get this marriage that I've always dreamed of, if I can just have peace and we can have peace in our home, then our family can stay together. And, um, and that's, that's all I can ask for in this season. Um, and so I think that's where my heart is now and, and just, but overflowing with gratitude about how that has been achieved. Um, just gives me a little more extra hope to maybe hope for more too. <laughs> right. Well, that's the tightrope walk of it, isn't it? Because like, of course you're hoping that your marriage will and become what you, what every woman wants their marriage to be, which isn't, I don't think women want, you know, their marriage to be perfect, but they just want it to be peaceful and like loving <laughs> and yeah. Um, I feel like women are actually pretty tolerant of the fact that it's never going to be perfect. Um, it's just like, you just want it to be good enough. <laughs> like, um, and like, of course, like, of course you come to the skills wanting that. And yet, like, I think that's why your story is so empowering because you can still just have, um, there's so much that the skills can give you for just like your relationship with your kids and all your relationships as well and mostly your relationship with yourself. Um, and that's just, it, that's such an inspiring part of your story. Thank you. So what would you, like, what would you say to someone who, like another wife whose husband is, maybe struggling with addiction and relapsing and um it's just been exhausting and a real roller coaster ride i would say have you heard of this book <laughs> <laughs> um i i think probably the biggest thing that the book has taught me is how little I respected my husband. And I mean, I knew I didn't respect him. <laughs> I knew that I was like, he's, I had a friend say to me once, like you treat him like he's a child. And I was like, well, he acts like a child. Right. Um, and so I knew that I wasn't respecting him, but I didn't realize how powerful respect was like when you do give them respect, how powerful it is, but also all the teeny tiny ways you can choose to respect them. So I think um, the book showed me those teeny tiny examples 
And as I implemented those things, my husband's guard started slipping down. And that I think, despite there being addiction and there being some mood swings and there being some, what is up with you tonight? You know, um, despite that challenge in our lives, still knowing that every day that I choose respect, every, each time I choose respect, um, the tension just kind of dissolves a little bit more each time. Um, and so that is probably what I would say to someone who's dealing with a spouse that's struggling with addiction. Cause a lot of times when it comes to addiction, um, it, it's not just the fact that they're, you know, choosing an unhealthy habit, but it, it has side effects alongside of it. They're, they're making dangerous choices or they're, um, verbally attacking you or, um, they're lashing out or, you know, and, and you're constantly thinking, have I done something to, did I do something wrong? You know, and, and you didn't. And so there's kind of this whole game there, but it feels like a game. It's not a game. Um, but being able to step into the skills gives me just I, a confidence and a, a peace that I'm, I'm doing, I didn't do anything wrong. And so I can have peace there yet. Also I can choose to show you respect despite what's happening right now. And that, um, I don't know, that just, that just breaks up a lot of, a lot of that, um, Hmm, I can't think of the word, but just the tension there, you know? So not only do you have the ability with these skills to have peace and confidence in your own choices and your own behaviors, um, but you also have the ability to kind of cut through that tension more than you, than I ever had before is how I feel about it. So if you have a spouse that's struggling with addiction and, and you don't want to pack up and move out, then there's no reason not to put these skills right in your pocket and, and enjoy more peace and, um, yeah, just that peace. <laughs> I love that. So I feel like it's still, it still be helpful to unpack like besides, cause you said the apology letter, um, I know we just have a few more minutes, but to talk about like, what specifically did you do that's giving you this piece? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I guess I've done a lot. I've even had days, Lucy, where I feel like this is too much. It's taking too much time. I'm doing too much work, but in retrospect, I'm not gonna not do it. Um, so I actually, um, so I, I read through the book. I do participate in weekly coaching with you, um, where you honestly, I feel like our calls, um, are finally digging beneath the surface of the issues at hand and really digging down into, um, the things that I've been believing that maybe don't, they're not true and they don't have to be true. Um, Lucy, I have done years of seeing therapists and I've always approached them. Like, I know that I can't control him, but I, I, I want to work on me. What's wrong with me? How can I fix me? And, and I never got anywhere and I don't know why. And that made me think even more, there was something wrong with me. <laughs> like even my therapist can't fix me. Um, but coaching with you, I feel like you're able to give me the vocabulary and the understanding of, um, what my brain is doing in the moment and, and what my, how my body's physically responding to all of this. Um, 
And so that has given me incredible tools um, to then turn around and and work through. Um, you know, we've we've talked about grief in our last our last time, our last session, and and the power of like literally, what does it look like? to walk through grief and to process it and to feel it. Um, because I've never had one of those experiences in my life where I'm forced, where, where grief is forced upon me. Like I haven't lost a parent that just hits me upside the head in the middle of the day. Instead, I've had this journey of this grief that I've been able to just kind of keep in my pocket. And, and, um, and you're showing me how to take it out of my pocket and take the weight off, out of my backpack and process that um, through our coaching which is in addition to um, having read the book and recognizing what the skills are and um, having your input to like how to practically implement the skills. Some of them are very easy and come naturally to me. And some of them I didn't even know I was doing wrong. And so being able to have that coaching with you and talk through um, specific events that have occurred or um, things that were on my heart, you know, you were able to kind of redirect, um, where my mind was going with some of the skills. So all of that just has been so practical. Um, I do journal, I do keep a, um, an ongoing list of spouse fulfilling prophecies and even self-fulfilling prophecies that I, um, kind of am just working on memorizing so that I can jump to that, um, in moments of needless emotional turmoil. Um, and so just, it's giving the book and your coaching is giving me the skills and tools needed to get me through the days when, um, you know, they, the, the days that used to derail me really, um, and, and take me to that, that place of no peace. And then I, then I would turn around and lash out on whoever was there, mostly my family. Um, so now I have the tools to kind of prevent that, that yuckiness from coming out. Um, is that, is that specific enough or were you like, is there more, I mean, it's just been so practical, but I'm not sure that, I don't know if we should go into that. <laughs> well, so when you say the book, you mean the empowered wife, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Just in case people don't know. Yeah. Um, and no, it was super specific and amazing. And I, I concur that so like after I mean just my entire life of personal growth I started to get interested in personal growth when I was still a child um like my parents were really psychologically oriented and I was like always interested in psychology personal growth and my whole life I had that same feeling like nobody can fix me I'm the problem like um and I just I I even became a therapist, which I think a lot of therapists become therapists thinking that then it's going to like, then something good's going to happen. <laughs> nope. Um, and so I can so relate that the first thing that really helped me was the skills, which is really why that's my focus, even though, you know, in the world, like a court, you know, if I, you know, I don't live belonging to the world, but like, according to the world, it's a lot more respected to like be a therapist than, you know, to be a relationship coach. I think, well, at, le at least people know what it is a, lo a mm -hmm. lot better. Um, so in, in that sense, in a way, it's kind of been like a sacrifice of status. Um, but yet, you know, I, I'm always like, 
talking to God about it. And really, you know, I, I just feel like my conscience or the Holy spirit tells me like, you have to use the tools that are the most helpful. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like if you have, you know, if you're a dentist, but you're keeping like your best tools in the case, like that's not cool. <laughs> like the dentist right. uses the best tool that he has to fix your teeth. And like, I'm going to use the best tool I got to, um, to like help the people who have the courage and vulnerability to get help. Yes. Yes. And as a believer, um, I think one of my favorite things about having you as a coach is how I'll mention something from the empowered wife book and you'll just pull a Bible verse. It's out of nowhere, you know, to say, well, this is what's actually going on there. And, um, that's just so powerful for me. And so affirming, um, and I, I do feel like each time we get off of a coaching call, I am just feeling like, okay, I got this. And, and not only that, but also when we're talking, I, very often I'm suddenly seeing all these wins, you know, like, wow, I didn't even recognize that that happened or that that was different. Um, you know, so, um, so yeah, it's just, it's life-giving. I think the skills give life to my whole home. Um, and then just coaching is life-giving as well. Yeah. And life-giving is means God's there. God is life. Yes anything that's got that like life and life abundantly. Yes. So on that, I feel like that's a really good note for us to wrap up on because I'm supposed to teach the empowered wife workshop starting in one minute. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to go. Okay. Um, but it has been a joy. I would love to have you back on again sometime. I feel like I could talk to you about this stuff forever. And so thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Lucy. And I would love to come back. <laughs> awesome. Okay. All right. If you're intrigued by this work and you'd like to get involved, you can leave a review at Apple Podcasts that will help other women find hope and help children grow up in stable families. You can also reach out to me at hello at easybiblicalmarriage.com to set up a free consultation where you can get my expert eyes on your marriage and we can talk about where it is now, where you'd like it to be and how I can help you get there. I really look forward to talking with you and getting to know you better.